Hello, superheroes, and welcome back to our podcast. This time, our panel is discussing the MTD delay and the implications on the accountants and their clients. In our guest seats, we have Della Hudson, Sharon Cook, Zoe Wittman, Michelle Bishop, and Aaron Patrick. Enjoy! MTD for income tax, maestres, for income tax has been delayed by another year and honestly, there have been very mixed responses out there. Um, and I, I'm hoping I will hear kind of both sides of the opinions because I'm intrigued why people think certain way. Um, so before we start, anybody who is joining us in, in, the, in the room, if you would like to speak, please raise your hand. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but I, I don't know if you want to speak unless you tell me. So please feel free uh, to ask to speak. Um, we have in the room so many fabulous people. And thank you all so much, Michelle, Zoe, Sharon, Aaron, Della, and you all, all of you rest who are joining us in the room, thank you so much for coming because um, this wouldn't happen without you. So I'm going to start because I'm conscious I want to hear everyone talking. So MTD delay, what do you think, first of all, what are, what, what do you think is impact on your clients? Is it good or bad? What is, and kind of subsequently, what is the impact on your firm? So, Will, this is the first part of discussion I'd like to hear. And then the, the, the second part I would like to talk about will be about, so what are we going to do with this extra time? Or is it even extra time? Is it, okay, goodness, we need to use it. Or, okay, we don't need to do anything for 12 months. So, um, kind of just to set the scene. So, first one, I'm going to start with... Um, Aaron, and then um, we'll, we'll go around just to hear, hear from your perspective what, what impact it is on your practice, on your clients. So, yeah, Aaron, can you kick us off, please? Yeah, certainly. So, I can't actually believe it's only been a week since the news got announced, or just over a week, or you know, it was literally a week ago, wasn't it? I actually think it was Thursday. Um, and between now and then, I think I've just been on a roller coaster of, okay, what, what does this mean? What does this happen? And everything else. I think I was in a little bit of a different position because I was a little bit more invested in MTD in terms of what next. And I think I was a little bit further ahead on the on the curve for my firm in terms of preparing for it and making sure we were in a good place and everything else. Um, I think like any decision as big as this, there's going to be people who win, there's going to be people who lose. And I mean, the winners are primarily the clients really in terms of the ones that weren't ready for it or at least um, weren't prepared for it or you know we're, we're kind of a little bit anxious about the added cost the added uh, administration and everything else that MTD was bringing with it so those certainly are going to be the winners out of all this um, but I think on, on the other side though there's going to be quite a big um, lost opportunity there and, and when I say opportunity I mean more for kind of us as advisors, as business advisors, being able to give out information, be able to help clients. And I think if I look back at the pandemic, one of the things we learned more than anything as a firm is that 
our clients where we do our real-time information for them, we look after on a more regular basis, they were the ones who got the most help and they were the ones we were able to uh, look after the most and, you know, had the best success rate through the pandemic because we had that data and because we were able to, you know, work with real-life information. And we all know that if you're trying to advise someone, last year's set of accounts, you know, doesn't doesn't necessarily give you the, the, the tools you need to make a, an important decision like... You know, do you have to get rid of stuff? Do you need to close a particular location? Whatever conversation we were having with them during the pandemic, we, without that real-time information, we didn't have that. And for me, the biggest benefit of what MTD was going to bring was that ability for us to have that real-time information on more, more of our clients and a bigger mm-hmm. majority of them. Um, and, and actually, the clients probably needed that information the most because... They were, you know, running paycheck to paycheck almost, you know, or, you know, running on a really tight shoestring in terms of their profit margins and, and their run rates and everything else that goes through it. So I, I feel like we've lost that and, that, and that's mm. a real shame, I think. I mean, it's going to be the biggest one. But from a firm point of view, then, you know, yes, it's, it, there, you know, honestly, there's going to be um, a bit of frustration there because there's a lost opportunity in terms of financials and, you know, the, the you would have expected an influx of extra work mm. because of MTD. So, yes, a little bit frustrated on that. But I think the most important thing is that hopefully this opportunity of delaying it gives us an opportunity as, as a collective, as a community, as a community of practices to really get this right. Um, I think one of the reasons why we were so hesitant about MTD was that scaremongering maybe is not the right word, but it, it was that whole, you know, um, uh, top clickbaity titles that we were seeing in, in the press mm-hmm. and in, in the um, in the news articles about how we were going from having to do one tax return to five and all the extra work that came with it. And I think, yes, that's definitely true. And yes, as a firm, we would have had to prepare for that. We would have had to find ways to, you know, um, resource up for that and get ready to put the right implementations and the right controls mm-hmm. in place. But ultimately, it's something that as practices we've done every single time, RTI, MTD for VAT. We've always had to adapt and we always will. So as a, as a collective, we would have got through that. But I suppose having that extra time really does give us that opportunity to, um, to make sure that's ready and, and, and think about it and get, get all our work controls in place. I think the final kind of benefit maybe that we've got from this is that hopefully this gives the opportunity for the government to really think about that, that date situation that we had where MTD was our opportunity really of being able to say right let's reset the clock on terms of of being able to decide when we're going to actually have our financial year end let's move it from the 5th of april and let's move it to a different date either the 31st of march or 31st of december some people were saying and i think that's more important for us to get right i think if that needs another year to be able to make sure that we get that transition period right then i'm all up for it i think that would be a huge benefit to everyone it means that people mm-hmm. might actually start understanding what a financial year is for once um, instead of every time that you take on a decline one of those conversation topics you have to have with them is okay have you ever heard of financial year no okay the financial year is there so i think that would be helpful to people i think that will make things a lot easier for people to understand so I think that's the big benefit of the delay if we are given or if they do implement that that, um, that actual um, um, transition date going forward. And yeah, I think 
the big loss of that is I think we we have lost a big opportunity there. And again, when I say opportunity, I, I do generally mean about opportunity for helping clients and opportunity for clients to get that more real-time information, um, the opportunity for clients to get the most mm. out of their bookkeeping packages and, and seeing what the benefits of keeping their books up to date is. Um, I think forcing them to be more disciplined on that and not have to do it on an annual basis was going to be a big benefit. And I think it's just a little bit of a shame that we're going to lose a year with that benefit um, going forward. So, yeah, roller coaster of emotions my end, but I think <laughs> I'm a little bit on the fence. I am absolutely gutted for it because I do, you know, I, do, I, I am excited by MTD. I did a whole social campaign about why MTD is a force for good and why I'm really excited for what that can bring and what that means for, for small businesses going forward and, and, you know, and the opportunities that could arise from it. But at the same time, if, and it is a big if here, if we do get to see that transition from the date, from the 5th of April to something else, I think that's a worthwhile um, reason for it to be delayed in my eyes. Thank you, Aaron. And yeah, I, I kind of, I was looking to forward to hear from you because I know you, uh, or I see you as kind of a champion, you know, of a change and of adaptability. So this is interesting. Uh, definitely many accountants that I spoke to, even on the Accountex, um, they, they truly see this as an opportunity. Uh, so yeah, there, there are questions. Was it right? Was it wrong? So th thank you so much for uh, for your opinion on this. I'm going to now to Michelle and Zoe. We'll see if Zoe can um, speak okay. Um, and Michelle as well. I I'm intrigued to start, Zoe, with you because you are kind of from the, the bookkeeper's side. What What is the opinion out there? We'll see if you can speak. Um Okay, if he can hear you. Yeah. What, 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 what was the take on this? Um, so, Sorry, no, we can't hear you. We'll go to Michelle. If you wouldn't mind maybe uh, writing a comment so I can read, uh, because I, I'd really like to hear from your side. Uh, but sorry, we can't hear you. Michelle, can we go to you, uh, please? And probably because not everybody knows you. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself so we can kind of put things into context, what you will, what, what you will say? Yeah, surely. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I run a small firm of chartered accountants down in Somerset. Um, so we have a mixture of, uh, you know, your sole traders um, and, and limited companies and everything like that. Um, but we have been trying to proactively move um, everybody across onto the digital platform over the last, well, most probably since MTT came in for VAT, if I'm honest. Um, but we've now got those um, ones that are lagging and, you know, they see digital as a cost um, and trying to then convince them uh, otherwise that there's, um, you know, it's a small cost to pay for having that information real time can be a bit of a struggle. Um, some of them uh, aren't necessarily what we would call sort of digitally or tech-minded. Uh, so that's a hurdle that we're trying to overcome. 
that were in the throes of using so then the sort of um, milestones and deadlines from the government as an opportunity to convince the clients um, that were a bit more hesitant to come on board. And, uh, you know, from our perspective, another year, it just means that we've got another year of trying to convince them, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame because um, we had sort of started the, it's only two years away, I want you to be on there for at least a year before you have to start making submissions, and that argument has gone away. However, I do agree with um, Aaron that if the year is used to help with those that um are it's sort of the transitioning to a different year end than the 5th of April um then great because we do have a few clients where um we've taken them on and historically they've got a 30th of April or an August mm-hmm. year end or something like that and those may have a big hit and it's getting that transition and and the the rules and what's going to happen with those profits when they come into any calculations, how that transition is going to work. And I think that does need some some work on it. So I do welcome it from that perspective, really. Very good. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, Della, can we go to you? Uh, I'm sure you're speaking to many accountants out there. So uh, uh, what is the opinion on this delay? Uh, Do they vary? Because um, I run a small practice myself, yeah. so okay, very good. for me, we're well ahead of the MTD game. Um, we're out there, we can see the benefits of all that regular bookkeeping, um, all our clients are already on decent software, so they have the digital records, the up-to-date bookkeeping, we include a monthly bookkeeping health check for those who do their own. So we're already working with clients and having all the advantages of that tech, partly because of the nature of our clients, but also because I truly believe that businesses need all that. You know, for, for me, ignore MTD, we should be doing it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that's my personal take on it. You know, we're, we're already there. We're just waiting for HMRC to make up their minds exactly what they want. Um, but I'm obviously work with a lot of accountants and bookkeepers who some are in, in the same place as us and, and others aren't. And it's yeah, try, trying to get them to get that sense of urgency across to their clients because, you know, they need to be selling the benefits of it. It's so I know we have to do it, we have to incur the cost, but there are benefits, you know, to have cloud-based app, to have up-to-date data, to have, you know, for a tradesman to stand on site and raise an invoice from their phone, plug in a card machine, take payment before they leave site. Cash flow, it's, you know, it can be so much better if you've got the right technology behind it and the right mindset. So it's a real hearts and minds campaign to get that across to, to some accountants who aren't quite so commercially minded, but then to get them to sell that on to their clients, you know, because when it was first announced, everybody, including me to some extent, were, were moaning about it. <laughs> but actually, when you look at it, it can really take businesses forward. I'm, I'm not quite convinced that a, a landlord with 10,000 a year rental income is actually going to benefit from it. But uh, even small businesses, you, you can do that. So that 
there's a lot to be gained, and I think as accountants we should go ahead anyway. Um, we've got a huge carrot out there. We just don't have the MTD stick for another year. Thank you, Della. Uh, and uh, you know what? I, I do agree. I think the, 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 there are two sides of this, but I think so many accountants like your, like your firm, they worked hard, incredibly hard to be ready. And as you said, kind of, you would do it anyway. I, I think this is the real issue. And this is something I, I spoke to HMRC when I met them last week that we need to get more awareness out there to the wider public to make sure that the public understands why is this is good because at the moment it seems to me like it's really accountant's job to convince the client uh, to kind of make a case which shouldn't be really the case because it's not only accountant benefiting it from it it's the client benefiting from it as well before sharon before i give give you um space to speak i'm just going to read zoe uh whitman what she have wrote just so we can maybe reflect on it because um they're coming from the bookkeeper's side so zoe said i, I represent two and a half thousand plus bookkeepers they have been trying to move clients over to software but I think MTD hasn't been promoted well in general press, so the extra year has given a longer window to raise awareness. Bookkeepers see this as a huge opportunity to get their smaller clients into software, keeping regular records, and I suppose to be taken more seriously. I think the delay is frustrating as it just adds an extra year, but gives us longer to have the conversations and get clients ready. I promise I didn't read before I expressed my opinion. So this is very interesting. Uh, Sharon, you kind of come in from a little bit different perspective and you were probably having ear of HMRC there uh, a bit earlier than we had. What is your take on it? And by, you know, trying, we, we don't want to be talking about any, anyone behind their back. Why do you think HMRC done it? What, what was the reason? Good morning, uh, good morning or good afternoon, wherever everybody is today. Um, thank you for that, Eva. Uh, I don't actually have a direct dialogue with HMRC, but I have an indirect dialogue with HMRC, <laughs> I suppose, in that <laughs> <laughs> uh, part of my role is working on professional body groups. So in particular, on an associated topic here that Aaron and Michelle have touched on, I've been very involved with the London Society of Chartered Accountants, um, who link in with the ICAW tax faculty on the consultation around basis periods. So I know when we last talked about MTD in one of these forums, I was kind of going, mm, not sure, not sure. And I think actually you've just summed this up, Heather, in saying there's two sides of this. And everything that those of you in practice that have just said about all the good stuff that comes out of this, yeah, I'm with Della on that, that let's move, let's push the clients as far as possible the cloud accounting, the advisory, brilliant. And something we haven't touched on, I want to come back to my main thread in a minute, but something I think we should talk about this morning is whether the pilot can be used to help get that client buy-in before the new start date, because digital record keeping, there's no need to hold that up for those that aren't already doing it. But the second side of this discussion, which is where I've been more so involved from more of an academic um, perspective is the tax compliance aspect and for me there are three conversations going on at the moment 
that I, mean, I put something on social earlier this week about getting our ducks in a row. And that's why I've been so concerned about um, the proposals and how they overlap, because it, 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 in my mind, it just didn't work. So um, we've now had comments on the three conversations this morning, though I think conversation one and two can sometimes merge together a little. <laughs> so for me, conversation number one is the OTS Office of Tax Simplification um, review into what the tax year end should be. So this mm-hmm. is where at the moment we're doing tax returns to 5th of April. Should that stay as 5th of April? Should that go to 31st of March? Should that go to 31st of December? Before we start talking about any tax reporting regime, we need to know what the tax year is. So we're expecting a report from the Office of Tax Simplification this autumn. I think it will come out before or on budget day, which is 27th of October. And we're beginning to get just a feel, almost from the press release last week, um, around MTD, that there might be a recommendation that the tax year in the UK shifts potentially to 31st of March. But I don't have any insider info there. (laughs) Other than spidey senses, I think something's coming. Then, when we know what the tax year is going to be, we go to the second part of the conversation, which is basis periods. And this is relevant for all of those sole traders, partnerships that are producing their accounting records, which I think is the financial year you're referring to, Aaron, um, to a year other than the tax year. So, of course, at the moment, we use the current year basis rules and map an account year into a tax year. And then this basis period consultation that I've been working on was saying, we think we should change that and pro rata accounting years into tax years to facilitate MTD. So we need to be very clear how that's going to work. And my big concern with it, which is one of the reasons I think the government have taken a step back and gone, yeah, okay, this needs more thought, is digital record keeping fab. It's going to have the transactions for most clients. It's going to deal with creditors. It's going to deal with debtors. But all of this needs to link together. We've got to think about the full suite of accounting. So what about the prepayments? What about the accruals? What about the tax adjustments? And in particular, what about capital allowances? I mean, these are not small items. And the way it had been proposed and the way the legislation was going to work, there was a real risk of duplication or an omission as we went from the 22-23 tax year into the 23-24 tax year. So we need to get the tax year sorted. We need to get sorted on how we're going to map accounting years into tax years. And then I believe we're ready to have the dialogue about how the accounting results are submitted to HMRC. But coming back to, I'm getting off my soapbox here, um, <laughs> what I said to start with, I don't think that those three ducks getting in a row needs to hold up any advisor getting their client onto cloud-based software and doing that live advisory piece because that is what businesses need to succeed, to grow and to flourish themselves. So I think that is really important. And something we should be talking about in our forums is what we can do to facilitate that client eagerness to move to it without regulations forcing them to do so. How we can encourage other accountancy firms to get into that mindset of all the good stuff that's going to come from it, regardless of when and how that data is going to be submitted to HMRC. 
Sharon, you spoke like true experts. I'm so, I'm so delighted to have you with us on board. Thank you so much. And yeah, I, I think that there were few, let's, let's call them simple technicalities from, from those different periods that, that will need to be sorted out. But, uh, so okay, the vibe I'm getting from you guys, um, it's really, and this is something when I was trying to, implement the first MTD in the practice where I worked um, and kind of made out 10 reasons why to go digital. The MTD was really on the number 10 because it shouldn't be the reason why um, the clients would go digital. But I do have to admit sometimes that was the only reasons that clients seen as valid to go if we're talking about kind of laggards and so on. So... Thank you for kind of this first round uh, of your opinions. So going going now, then this is this is what happens. So HMRC hopefully will will hear more guidance about those periods aligning and and so on, and then kind of we can deal with it from the technical side. But what would you say? So if somebody, if if there is accountant, I call them without trying to offend anyone, but I do call them accountosaurus, says. Um, who do not see the reason kind of in, in going digital, who do not see this as, as something that is going to help them, they have an extra year. Okay, take it or leave it. Um, how would you advise for those accountants, and even who, who started their digital journey, but they're still further away from you guys, how would you advise them how to use the time, what to do, how to start. Um, so, Aaron, I'm just kind of going around. So, Aaron, I'm going to pick on you first. What would be your advice? How to, how to make the best use of the gift of extra year? Yeah, it's great. I'm still laughing at you, Countersaurus. I think that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and also, um, just to say as well, Sharon, that was absolutely brilliant. The three dogs in a row um, analogy there. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so what can they do with that extra year? Honestly, I think they should already have, um, they should already be utilising the time and, and, and they should already have been preparing for it. I don't, I, I don't think that an extra year really gives them that much of a, a playground if they do have that, that, that much of a concern. Um, because it, it isn't just about getting all your clients onto digital records. It's more about how you as a firm are going to go forward with these new changes and how you're going to... Um, start thinking about how you're going to um, look, look at charging your clients and, and creating a um, a platform where it is fair for, for, the, for the work involved and in both for you as a practice and also that's fair for your clients to be able to take on that extra financial burden of MTD, which, which is kind of the worry that people are saying that's going to produce. But I think um, I think as long as we um, we make sure that we've got everything all in line as practice, I think I think most of these conversation topics start start, start start solving themselves. So, for example, I know a lot of these. Again, I love that term, counter services. I know a lot of them are still on annual um, billing cycles, and I think they they really need to start considering if that if that's going to be right for them going forward because we're going to have much more of a hands-on with our clients going forward. So, do you, you know if if they are going to go annual, do they need to start thinking about? billing in advance so that they can actually have at least a proportion of that workload up to, 
done for them uh, during the year. You know, we, they're, they're the sort of conversation topics I think as a practice they really need to figure out if it, if it's right going forward. Um, because if they are still on those annual billing cycles, they're going to really struggle to find the resources to be able to help their clients going forward and be able to bring bring them in. Um, and, and also, I don't think you know if they're still very much looking at I'm. You know, I built my whole career on annual advisory, and, and I've got that down to a T. Then there's nothing wrong with them reaching out to local accountants or local um, or, or, or national accountants, whoever it's going to be, and, and buddy up with them. And we've seen as a small, I'm part of ICAW, I'm part of ICAW small practice committee, and we've seen that there are a few people starting to look at that, and there are mm-hmm. a few people starting to, or practices, I say, starting to look at bodying up. And I think that really does help. I think if it's going to be a case where there are going to be opportunities for practices to become, you know, more more entwined with one another. Maybe a more tech-savvy practice and a more kind of traditional practice could work really well together because, you know, you've kind of got both of those um, elements together and, and it might be a real good opportunity for those sort of companies to and practices to start, start talking. So I think, you know, it, the one thing they can't do is bury their head in the sand at this point. They're going to have mm-hmm. to, you know, look at what their practice is, look at how their practice has been built and either make those drastic changes in terms of going from annual to monthly billing or look at look at buddying up with someone who will be able to provide them that service at a, a cost effective rate because you know it is a big ask for, for you know a, a traditional accounting firm who's never done bookkeeping before to suddenly have to think about providing a bookkeeping as service to keep their um, non-tech savvy clients um, happy and, and comfortable so we are going to have to see that transition and we are going to have to see that kind of um, that, that, that change so I think that is mm-hmm. is um, really important and, and I've got two other kind of just just harping back to that first bit that we were talking about that came to me during that conversation with everyone but two other bits where I think there's um, a positive and a negative that I just want to throw in um, the positive I think is um, is the fact that or, it's not really a positive, but it gives us an opportunity for us to, to be prepared is the fact that we now know that there could be some backlash from this from clients. Because I know from our point of view, we've been pushing this MTD band, bandwagon and we've been saying it's definitely coming and, and now suddenly it's not coming. I think we've just got to be prepared for that. So I think it gives us that opportunity to figure out how we're going to deal with clients who are going to be very much like, well, I told you it wasn't coming. I don't think it's ever going to come. And we know it is, but we've got to we've got to prepare for that. And I think the other big shame here, the, the negative that I thought of as well, is not just thinking about the technology that's that's, that's around the corner and all the technology that we've got on hand now, and the benefits of what that's going to be in terms of digitalising our clients' records. But what that year does is that delays what's coming next, and mm. what's coming next is going to be um, technology like blockchain and items like that, where we're going to have that opportunity for us to be able to really have a digitalized system where you know, the, the holy grail will be that when our client sends an invoice from one client to another, they're just automatically recorded on both sides mm-hmm. using blockchain technology. And the fact we've delayed MTD means we've delayed the foundations for us to be able to go forward into that truly digital world. So I think that's that's another shame that, um, that apart from, you know, that, that, that is we're going to miss out on by delaying it for a year. So I really do feel like the sooner we kind of get into the digital regime, the more we can start looking at what the next steps are going to be. So, yeah, I think from a client's point of view, definitely, or from a practice point of view who haven't 
kind of embrace MTV. I think it's time for them to, to really start talking to others and joining people like ourselves on, on these sort of forums and watching videos on YouTube. And, um, you know, even if they just um, um, look at the accountancy web interface and look at what's on there and, and, and watch how and them not do it at Mercia, there's so much resources and material out there already that all they need to do is just, just, just look at what the material is and we're all in the same boat. And, and some of us, like myself and, and, and Taylor were saying as well, like we, we've kind of already prepared and we're kind of ahead of the curve. So there's definitely going to be people out there that they can get that information and advice from. And I think they just need to not bury their head in the sands. And, and we tell our clients all the time not to do that. So they should really be listening to their own advice. I love kind of the, what you're using the term, the buddying up. That's very good. And I think we need to have more of this. And, and you guys are all great ambassadors, you know, kind of sharing your knowledge and, and spreading the wisdom uh, really in kind of not waiting anything in return. So, but I, I, I do believe we will need more more of that. The other thing that kind of stood out for me, it's really we need to get our house sorted first before we we are trying to sort our clients out, which is what you probably had to do, uh, everyone within your own practice. Michel, listening to Aaron and, and what his advice is for, for those kind of accountants who, who were delaying it, What's your take on it, and is there anything you would add or anything you, you think of differently that than Aaron said? Uh, no, I, I think I quite agree, actually. Um, with your terminology of Accountosaurus, I have got a, a, a colleague who I used to work with, and, and they've got a firm, and I actually refer to her as a dinosaur. Um, purely from a tech point of view, mm -hmm. she really is in, in the dark ages, but unfortunately she's not the only one. There are a lot of... Um, small and larger firms, if I'm honest, that um, haven't embraced technology. Um, and although it is out there, I think sometimes their mindset is um, still so um, sort, of, uh, sort of inbuilt from, from their early um, days of training and how they've worked historically. Um, and if they have no... I would say almost interest in technology, they don't go looking for it. Um, and it can be to the detriment of, of their practices. And I think at some point, either they will really struggle um, and will go by the wayside. Um, you know, some of them may be of an age where they'll go, I'm retiring, I don't want this. Um, and and um, But I do see them struggling at a point in the future because then those firms that have taken the step, whether it's the ones already or the ones that may come on board in the next sort of this extra year, um, some of these uh, more, I will call them antiquated firms, will struggle. And I'm even to the point, say, with sort of thinking about my colleague and going, even if for that extra year they took on board trying to make sure in-house they have the knowledge, they use the technology themselves, that extra year that it takes them to come up to speed, how much are they going to lose out to, to those of us that are already ahead of that curve or those that are already on the curve? Um, so I think they do have an uphill battle, especially if they're not really that technically minded. Um, and 
I do think that the budding up thing, actually, Aaron, that you, you mentioned, is a great opportunity because what we are finding um, now within the um, industry is a lot of firms are moving away from being what I would call um, purely general. They are moving into niche areas. So then you will get firms that specialise in certain areas and other firms can then recommend between themselves and help one another in the areas that they specialise in. So I do think that is something that's going to come through with this, with the digitalisation as well, because then you will become... Um, experts in certain fields uh, because of all the added apps and everything that link with all these accounting packages um, and I think that's the way our industry will most probably eventually go. Thank you Michelle. Um, just a reminder to everyone else in the room if you would like to speak or express your opinion please raise your hand and I'll bring you onto the stage because we, we'd love to hear from as many of you as possible. But thank you for still staying with us. Um, Della, I'm, I'm going to you um, from what you have so far and, and maybe because I'd say you, you are quite, you're already out there, the interesting thing that Aaron also mentioned was kind of that it, it delays all the future things that are coming as well. So, um, what, what, what's your, what's your take on it? And what would you advise when you, you speaking to many accountants and bookkeepers? What would be your advice? How to start? What is the first? What, what to do next? Um, I think the first thing is to take your head out of the sand. There are so many people who haven't started yet. And I remember with MTD for VAT, two months before it was due to go live, I was um, doing all, all sorts of talks with various people. And, and to me, it was, you know, why on earth haven't they started yet? And a lot of people were attending those talks just to make sure that they'd done it properly. But there were people in the room two months before the go-live date who hadn't done anything. And I think we'll see the same thing. All those people will still be breathing a sigh of relief. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I roll, my, roll my eyes at the, the Accountosaurus. Because even if you turn to it yourself... You, you buddy up with somebody or you pay somebody to come and put things in place. And the response from a lot of people is, oh, I'm going to sell up before it happens, so it doesn't matter. Mm. But you will get more money if you sell a firm that's already for MTD than if you sell a firm that's still preparing accounts on, you know, 8 and 16 column analysis pads. Um, so even if you plan to retire you'll get more if you do more, first of all. Um, so I, I really do sincerely hope that those who aren't going to make the change will sell up sooner rather than later to somebody who will make those changes because it's in the best interest of the client to, to have an accountant who's up to speed with everything. You know, we do CPD to stay technically, you know, technically up to date on the accounts and tax side, but we also need to make sure we're up to date on the technology. It's just part and parcel of being an accountant these days. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that's my soapbox. Let, let's use the technology. Um, and so I think, yeah, those who haven't started doing stuff yet, which clearly isn't, you know, the people that you, you sort of invited here today, and I suspect the others in the room are also here because, you know, they're switched on and aware. So we, we just need to get people doing things 
took their compliance, um, and, and some accountants will only do it for compliance, that's fine. But for me, as for Alan, it's all the other stuff, the sexy stuff, the interesting stuff that we can do once we've got good, up-to-date information to do mm. that with. We can really help clients, um, help them to have a better business. You know, when they set up their business, they have this dream, this ideal vision. And, you know, we all know that's, that's not absolutely going to happen. This is possible to that dream. Um, with the advice, it's it's what they want. Um, so yeah, I, I just want to get businesses where they want to be, and you know, accountancy practice owners as well. I want to have the business that they want. And if MTD is pushing you down a path that you don't like, then you need to look at doing something else instead. If it, <laughs> that's not too brutal, but <laughs> yeah, if you're not capable of doing what the role has evolved to be, then you, you need to look at what you should be doing instead. Thank you, Della. Uh, just for your information, it's so difficult to get any accountosaurus to speak. <laughs> I've tried and I will keep trying because I kind of wanted to have a balanced audience, but um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I sense a bit of frustration uh, from your side, though. Am I right? I'm, I'm frustrated because that means business owners out there aren't getting the service they need and they deserve. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I, I want to keep pushing the standards of our profession higher and higher. And there are, are people who are, yeah, just not interested in that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated with them. It's great. It makes it easy for me to stand out. If, if they keep the bar low, it makes me look better. Mm. <laughs> so, personally, I, I don't mind. But as a profession, I really want us to do yeah. the best that we can. Thank you. Um, Sharon, to, to close this, this kind of round with you, so from what you have, and again, um, Mercia plays a very important part in, in terms of the education. Uh, for, uh, and keeping accountants up to date. Are there any plans or is there anything do you think um, there should be more of in terms of the education or, you know, different, say, maybe how to tidy up your practice inside and go out? Uh, are there any, is there anything kind of to be, be developed to to help those laggards or accountosaurus to, to get yeah, I, 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 I hope so. And without wanting to uh, discredit anyone in my profession in training and compliance, I think we've also got some trainer sources around. Uh, there is still um, within the training market this mindset of we train in audit, accounts and tax. And something that I've been on a real mission for for the last couple of years is yeah, we, we need those skills. Um, we, we, of course we need those skills. We particularly need skills of how to refresh ourselves, how to look up that technical knowledge. Uh, technical libraries these days are amazing. People don't have to remember tax legislation. They just need to know how and when to look. But a huge part of that accountant skill set is much bigger picture. It's all the skills, it's the management, and yes, it's the technology. So <clears throat> training companies, in my mind, should be talking about what Aaron, I think it was, was talking about in one of our very first superhero clubhouse sessions 
app stacks using technology, how to pick that suite of tools. And what we were talking about just before, how to have these conversations with clients that enable them to be digital and have real-time data without regulations forcing them to do so. So I'm firstly pushing on a bit of a on a bit of a campaign, and I very much hope that as we go into 2022, we're going to see that all the training companies are offering a wide suite of training covering all the skills that Della actually did just mention. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, and another point I just wanted to make, if I may, that isn't a direct answer to your question ever, is another interesting conversation I had this week was with an insolvency practitioner. And it just makes me think that we've been talking today about all the good that live data, real-time data can bring to business. And for the clients that aren't responding to the good that can come, another carrot we can perhaps dangle is protecting from the bad. Now, right now, as we are still going through, maybe getting to light at the end of the tunnel of this pandemic, there are so many businesses out there that have failed or will fail. And the insolvency practitioner, well, he was actually talking about cash accounting. And it was a bit of a flippancy, but he said, businesses on cash accounting don't go bust. Now, I'm sure they do. But I infer the point he was making is businesses that are on top of their business, that understand their transactions, that understands what's working, what's not working, <clears throat> where they need to change the levers, they're the businesses that are going to survive. Those businesses that think they can do their books and records once a year, they're going to be in a more challenging position. So I think we can talk about all the good, but we can also talk about try not to let your business die um, as well. So there's a cheery thought for you. Hope that helps us. <laughs> This is actually very good, and you know it, it goes it goes with with the topic that we are discussing because as as I said at the start, you know the MTD shouldn't be the the main reason why you decide to to have a digital firm. Um, so th that is that is very true because if if you have almost real time, I, I know you quite fussy about the real time. So if if you have kind of up-to-date financial information and data, it's 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 completely different scenario than when you're looking at, at the data of six or nine months old. Um, so before we finish um, this this lovely discussion this morning, and we'll we'll be back on, on the similar topic here, I'd like for all of you to kind of summarize for me in, in, in few sentences what is the number one thing that needs to to change uh, within the accountancy? Is it because I, I'm kind of hearing different things from you guys. So is it actually the mindset needs to change first? Or is it um, having the right technology? Or is it having the right people? Or is it having the right training? If it would be one thing that, that kind of then you can build on it, what what would it be for you? And what would you say to those accountosaurus that this is this is the one thing you need to change first, Aaron? Yeah, I, I think first of all, what Della said there is absolutely spot on in terms of the frustration of the fact that we, you know, we as an accounting firm can do better in some circumstances and I'm definitely on that kind of bandwagon in terms of improving that. And I think that 
falls in nicely to what my kind of one big tip is and or one big kind of push would be is that we shouldn't be afraid of technology and I think still there are some firms out there who see that it's kind of we we're going to lose some of our work because of technology or we're going to lose some of our um our you know our fee structure because of technology and I think at the end of the day we, we just need to embrace it and we need to see what good it can do for us and you know it, we, we talk about it a lot on this um, forum here. We've, we've spoke about it time and time and time again, how, you know, yes, it's going to be a position where um, hopefully we're going to have, a, you know, an opportunity for it to get data outlines a lot easier and a lot simplified and a lot more straightforward. And there'll be, way, you know, there may not be a need for us to do such sophisticated bookkeeping in some circumstances or at least some timely bookkeeping, should I say, not sophisticated. And, and, and that's a good thing because, yes, that means we don't have to charge our client for, for the bookkeeping side of things, but we can start looking at charging that same fee into more business advisory focused elements and actually start helping our clients and starting pushing forward. So I think we've just got to not fear the change and fear the technology um, because, you know, as much as the technology is great now, I'll say again, like in the future, it's going to be even better for us and we're going to have such a better opportunity to help our clients. And we just need to not, not, not fear that change and not fear that that opportunity and go for it because uh, as I've already said I'm reiterating again but we've been through so many changes already our real-time information for payroll and MTD for, for VAT and we'll keep going through these changes but I think we are doing it for, for, for the fact that we're making it so it's better for our clients and I think we just need to remember that. Thank you, Aaron. Yes, I, I would like what what came to my mind. Really, adaptability is is in every accountant's DNA, isn't it? We have to be adaptable. We can't be kind of standstill. We can't be laggards. It's kind of within our mindset that we have to be able to adapt um, to to the changes. Michelle, what would be the one thing for you? Um, I think I have to agree um, with Aaron with regards to, or even with what you've just said with regards to adaptability. And I think, you know, I accept that um, this is just ever-changing. Technology will come out and we just have to move and flow with it. We have to accept that we're not going to stay in, um, even with technology, in this is what we've got now and it's not going to move. So I think we have to accept, and it has to be from the top down, I believe, that Technology is here, it's here to stay, and we have to move with it. So from my perspective, I look at it from our recruitment as well, that when I'm recruiting, I want forward-thinking individuals. I want people that, when they come in, are going to accept that what we do now isn't what we're necessarily going to be doing in five years. We've got to move and flow, and I want them to um, speak up when they see something that's um, more efficient, um, and it may well um, do the job for them, but they need to harness that as um, a way to make us more efficient and enable us to add that value to the client in that advisory role. So I think people are going to be key as well with, with that mindset and that they need to be forward-thinking individuals. Thank you, Michelle. And you, you kind of mentioned something that uh, I, I have experienced in, in my kind of practice life. The, if, if you kind of create culture where it's okay for people come forward and, and suggest changes or you kind of, you let them kind of to develop, uh, 
uh, and you hear, you are listening to their feedback, it can actually be beneficial, you know, because if you create a culture of people who are scared to say, okay, maybe should we do this differently, you know, if they challenge you, um, whether it's, it's in the leadership or kind of on the, on the management level, it's then the fear probably prevents the progress. So th this is actually very good um, way of putting it, you said. I think we have to be open and we have to listen uh, to, to move with the progress. Della, what, what, is, what is your one thing that you would say? I think it's absolutely mindset. Um, mm -hmm. We need to be looking at continuously improving. I think that's the mindset that we all need. Um, we're, we're here because we, you know, we supposedly run decent firms, but actually none of us are perfect. My firm isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. But I'm happy enough with that because I know we're constantly improving. So continuous improvement is it's even broader than just technology. It's every aspect of my firm is getting better all the time because I'm, I'm making sure it does. Mm -hmm. So if... Um, we, we can get accountants to to have that mindset that they need to keep constantly improving what they're doing, which means not just chasing technology, but if they've got the aptitude staying ahead of it and things like that. But, you know, you, you have what you're particularly good at, but it's also you know improving your weaknesses as well. So yeah, mindset of continuous improvement. Thank you, Della and Sharon. Let's let's close this round with you. Well, the others have already sold on the good points. Uh, yeah, I think we can summarise all of that. Again, something we were talking about the previous week, being curious, being open-minded, looking at what's out there. Really agree with Della. It's not just technology. It's it's a big, wide world out there. The profession is changing. The profession needs to change. And, uh, yeah, I think we do need to uh, help practitioners keep their eyes open to it and help them grow their businesses. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, this has been, again, another great session. So I'm, I'm going to close this one. Uh, so thank you all for whether tuning in or for your contributions. Um, hopefully this will appear on the, on the podcast later. I will tag you all when, when it, this is ready. Um, we'll be back now. We, it, it's, it's a little bit a different format. I think we'll do Clubhouse once a month, but then we'll, we'll have interviews on the podcast in between. So stay tuned in and please, if you have any suggestions or any opinions you would like to express, please get in touch with me. Uh, I really value and appreciate your opinion. As you guys said, you know, we can only get better uh, and I want to get better. I want this forum to be useful to you guys uh, as much as it can. And it can only happen with your input. So thank you so much for your help and contribution. And that is all for today. If you would like to take part in any of our future discussions, please get in touch with me and I'll make sure that your voice is being heard. Thank you.